This podcast started out with roasters in the medium roast degree, somewhere between the first and the second crack. But lately the episodes have been about very light roasts. The development times from first crack start have been in the area from 1 to 2 minutes, or even as short as 45 seconds. That made one of you podcast listeners ask in the Facebook group for this podcast. But then the first crack isn't over yet. I see first crack last for a minute and a half. Does it then taste good? I learned that the beans need to complete first crack to taste good. This was an American roaster asking. He normally roasts to second crack. Yes, these very light roasts are unusual. Even here in my part of the world, it's only a small part of the market. But many coffee people love it. If you are curious to try, there are several things to know. Light roasts are different from the darker range in many ways. You're listening to the podcast Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstedt. This is a podcast about all the differences in coffee roasting. Sometimes I hear people say that they've tried light roast once and didn't like it. It always makes me wonder what they tried. Light roast is not easy, both in regards to roasting and brewing. I have many times gotten light roast I didn't like. So if you have never tried it, but are curious, there are a few things to know. That's what this episode is about. I could just tell you what I know, but to do an interesting podcast... I thought it would be better to do it with the American roaster who asked about it. He had never heard of it before and was curious to try. His name is James Simon and he agreed to be interviewed. Well, in a way it was more him interviewing me. A couple of weeks after he first asked about this, I called him up. Let's start with James Simon's background in coffee. And what setting he is roasting in? I've been roasting for 12 years. Bought the 15K hopper 12 years ago. Um, we opened up a, a bakery and a pastry shop. My wife's a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, and she does an exceptional job with desserts, and we were wholesaling them for three or four years, and we couldn't grow the business. Mm -hmm. So we, we opened up a retail location and put an espresso machine in and in a grinder. Ah. And that was 12 years ago. James and his wife's company is called Almost Heaven Dessert and Coffee. It's located in Bridgeport, West Virginia, in the United States. We talk over the phone. It's the first time I recorded a phone conversation. Once in a while it has flaws. But it worked fine. Stretching from America to Europe. Across six time zones. Now back to how James got into coffee roasting. I read for about six months, and the, I finally read a sentence that said, no matter how bad of a job you do at roasting your own coffee, it'll always taste better than what you could buy from somewhere <laughs> else. So I and you agreed on that when you started? Yeah, I went and bought the 15K topper and haven't looked back. It's a nice so machine. So 15K, that's 15 kilos. Yes, mm. uh, charging. I'm going to charge it. I'm going to go back our way. I'm charging it with 25 pounds. Yeah. Uh, That's approximately 12 kilos. 
So I've read I on the different places where it, I've read that to don't go 100% with what yeah. the capacity is to back off of it. Um, and what have, what have, how are you roasting to what point? Are you roasting to second crack? I want to roast to <laughs> the direction you had me going last week to a very light roast. But my customers, the customer base that I have, they know coffee is that at grocery stores from the 1960s and 70s and 80s, it was Robusta, it was a dark bean, yeah. and it was, they wanted to see the oil. That's mm. all they, they want to see oil on a bean, and it kills me because <laughs> people think light roast is like a Diet Coke or a light <laughs> Like it's a, a, you know, it's I don't know, it, it, and so they demand that they want it to be dark. They struggle with going light with me. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm going to like, I'm getting in the second crack a little bit. I'm going to where they're wanting to buy it by the pound. They're wanting it like at a, I don't know, forty five seconds or a minute, and then the second crack. Not right mm. at start at second crack, but into second crack. Yeah. Well, I also think that I have the impression that that's the crowd pleaser. I mean, we got Starbucks here in Denmark too, the American. Uh, do you got that in your city as well? I can speak to that a little bit. Uh, people always bring it up. I always call them charbox. Yeah. And I give, <laughs> I give them the definition why. And the reason why is they have 19,000 stores and they want the coffee to taste the same no yeah. matter where you're at. Every time you go in, they want it. So they roast dark. Yeah. If you If you're able to roast light, Then and you got five different coffee beans and you roast them all light. They're all going to taste different. If Starbucks has got five different coffee beans and they roast them all dark, everything's going to taste the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I figure I they go they go for a certain kind of taste and then they go for something that will work with a lot of milk because if you take a light roast and pour in so so much milk as you get in a large uh, coffee. Um, then you can't taste the coffee, so you have to roast that dark if you want to use that much milk. All right, I need you to back up just one or two sentences. So uh, if I want to do a straight-up shot of espresso and I want to go light with it and I understand that taste, you're advising me not to use that base in a cappuccino or a latte where they're putting 18 squirts of caramel into the drink? <laughs> I think then then it's gone, the coffee. Then you you go, don't get much coffee taste. So for me, if you work, did you call it 16 ounces of milk? I was exaggerating yeah. on how, <laughs> how much syrup, how many pumps of syrup they want in their drinks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> if you, you want the coffee to get through all that, both the milk and the syrup, then you have to roast that very dark and burnt color uh, bean uh, so it fits yeah. together. I'm thinking. Um, The, the, my favorite thing from the espresso machine that is an espresso with water. We call it americano here. Do you call it that as well? Yes, you lay the shot of espresso down on the water. My problem is that everybody wants about four times more water. Uh. They they're doing it where they're taking a sixteen ounce cup and wanting the cup filled up, and then yeah. you lay the shot of espresso on top of it. That volume is supposed to be a whole lot less, right? Yeah. At the end of the conversation, James told about where he have gotten great espresso, and that he newly was getting a new. Espresso machine and grinder. And you, uh, yesterday, you were at Intelligentia, and I know I heard of them as name, but I never tasted their coffee because it's so far away. Um, but are they? Do, couldn't you say anything about their roast degree? They are not. They're not uh, Starbucks dark and oily, are they? No, no, they're going to be light. They're actually a coffee roasting company out of Chicago. I was in a locally owned 
coffee shop in Pittsburgh that sources their roasted coffee, and that's what they sell in their store. Intelligentsia, mm-hmm. and I had the shots. I had a, two shots of espresso there straight up yesterday morning. So and yeah, very very light roast. It's on the light side, mm-hmm. very light. Not not as light as you're going, but and they they're doing it. It's a it's a blend called Black Cat, and it's a trademark of a mm. one that they really popular. And it's, but and, it's, and it's, how did you like so, that compared to what you do at home? I loved it. I loved their coffee. That's what I when I called the guy in California to buy the espresso machine in the grinder. He said, "Well, where have you had a shot of coffee at that you've enjoyed? A shot of espresso uh-huh. that you?" And I said, "Oh, Twenty First Street." coffee in pittsburgh i love their coffee and he came back about five seconds later and he rattled off what kind of uh coffee grinder <laughs> and what kind of espresso machine he had i haven't quite figured out how he was able to do that <laughs> the probably a customer of, of theirs mm-hmm. right probably and for me to be able to tell them that he was using a intelligentsia coffee he recommended the grinder and the espresso machine that he put me in to try to duplicate that taste wow other thing that I was struggling with with the age of the old espresso machine and the old burr grinders that I ran for 15 years, it seemed like no matter no matter what I did with the coffee roast, I couldn't taste the change in what mm-hmm. I was doing with the curve and because of the burr grinders yep. and the espresso machine and me tasting it only as a cup of espresso so i struggle i kept thinking that was the way i was roasting it's my curve it's what i'm doing i'm doing it wrong i'm doing it wrong i'm doing it wrong but it was and it was the coffee grinder and the espresso machine mm-hmm. yeah got two, cool. two boilers on it now and it's a conical bar grinder and it's, it's made a huge difference and and did anyone else notice uh, the difference i started selling more coffee by the pound in the store wow That's a real interesting point James got here. That no matter what he did with the roast, it tasted the same. He struggled with what he could be doing wrong in the roasting. And then the reason was his brewing equipment, especially the grinder. So this is roughly James Simmons' background. When he roasts coffee, it's into the start of second crack or one minute into second crack. Because this is what his customers want. He himself likes better a lighter roast, like the espresso blend from Intelligentia Coffee. Well, let's go to your... Now I kind of got a picture of your background, and and, and I will say what your customers like and prefer, that's pretty much the same all over the world. Even here in Denmark, also this light roast that we talked about in the last episodes of the of the um, coffee podcast... Um, That is a small area. I mean, it's for the people who uh, in, who got, uh, what do you call it, charmed by this kind of taste. But but when I serve coffee from people who haven't tried it before, I kind of prepare them and tell them, now expect as much tea and don't think so much as coffee as you know it, because it's so different. Understood and agree. Good. If you can remember approximately what you asked about, I don't know if it's one week or two weeks ago. It was after you heard the last episode. Uh, was the one with the the Danish national roasters who all roasted something like one minute or two minutes into first crack, and then you asked the question on Facebook. 
Yeah, that's correct. I was listening to the episode you interviewed. You interviewed four roasters. They were at a competition, I think. Yeah, and exactly. The podcast was very interesting for somebody like me. I'm a self-taught roaster, and it's really hard to come by information on roasting. So any of that knowledge that you're providing through your podcast is a huge, huge help to me. You're and welcome. Really appreciate that. Thank you. And yeah, so I was caught really by surprise when you introduced, they introduced. <laughs> I meant, you know, they were timing from the start of first crack just, and then going there and didn't care if first crack was over or not. And to me, anything that I've ever read before told me not to do that, that that chafe had to come off of the bean and it had to be completely through first crack before you could do it. I thought it was going to come out like water or not be coffee but it was a very good cup of coffee yeah you tried it and and for how how long into a first crack did you go just one minute or we did two i did two i did a minute and 45 seconds after okay. the start crack the discussion on facebook started with this on october 17th james wrote i have trouble understanding how the four roasters you interviewed were able to stop the roast just one to two minutes after first crack. My first crack lasts a minute and a half. They are roasting extremely light. They are stopping before first crack stops. What am I missing here? Peter Ingsø Larsen, a home roaster here in Denmark, wrote, You're not missing anything. When I started roasting for espresso many years ago, the literature on the shop never considered it an option to stop the roast that early. It was a question of how close to or into a second crack. Over time, and partly because I'm influenced by my Danish light roasting friends, it's now more a question of timing uh, from start or finish of first crack. But I always complete first crack. I'm not that light yet, and probably never will be. As a rule of thumb, I roast 2.30 to 3 minutes after the start of first crack. Yes, Peter is one of the dark guys. Not everyone here in Denmark are into the very light roasts. I roast lighter, as I explained in episode 5. I can just say I never worry about if the first crack has ended. I don't pay attention to it. I think I often stop it before it has ended. And it still tastes good. Well, not always, but you can hit something good. And so I hear from the others roasting light. So apparently it's not a problem for the taste that not each and every bean has expanding, giving the crack sound during first crack. Now I was curious to hear what James got out of trying. He only uses one bean in his roastery. For the past year it has been a Colombian bean from Supata. The botanical variety is a Castillo. It is washed and high-grown, 6,000 feet, that's a bit more than 1,800 meters above sea level. As a rule of thumb, high-grown beans are better suited for these very light roasts than lower-grown. I don't know where the exact limit is, if it should be above 1,000 meters or above 1,300 meters. It probably also depends on other things. Just know that not all beans taste good in a light roast. When James first wrote about this on Facebook, 
I suggested that he took out a sample with the trier in the light area during one of his regular roasts. If the trier is big enough, it's enough to brew and taste. James took up my challenge. As he mentioned, he took it out at 1 minute and 45 seconds from first crack start. Now, how did it taste? How did he like it? Um, and did you, when you then tasted it, did you do it like uh, cupping or did you do it like in an espresso? Because I understand in the cafe you only do espresso or do you also do filter coffee or something? We do filter coffee. I actually, I have, I I took a, I took a, with a group of four or five guys at a, I, I don't know how to explain. I have a real job outside the coffee shop. I shouldn't mm. call it a yeah. um, my, As the bakery, I support the bakery and help the coffee shop. I roast and work as much as can, but I have my own career and my own job. So oh. I took it to the office in, early in the morning, and we ground it, and I explained to them, like I prepped them, like you mentioned, prepping the drinkers yeah. before. Yeah, by prepping them. There was five of us, and two wanted the coffee bean with the oil on it, no matter what I did. <laughs> One, they wanted to put on me. But then there were two others that sat there and enjoyed the taste with me as much as I did and loved it. Okay. Oh, that sounds cool. And was it more acidic than you're used to? Because that's typical for light roast, that it has higher acidity. Uh, I guess that I'm... Pro <laughs> Or wasn't it... I don't, I don't do real well with the fining taste. Ah, okay. So you're on I, the I tasting good, tasting that. bad. That's that's uh, that's where you are. Uh, that's probably, yes, that would be correct. Yes, thanks for understanding. I do a podcast in, da in Danish for regular coffee drinkers who are just curious. And it's as much about coffee as it is about how to get better at using your taste sense. And I start the whole podcast by saying... Can you have you ever tried a good tasting coffee and a bad tasting coffee? If you can taste difference there, then you have enough to build on. And then I start explaining how do you get onto putting words into it. That's one of your coffee. That's one of your Navic coffee packets on the navigated. Well, I thought I would make it in English at some point, oh, but at this yeah. point, I only made it in Danish. So. You can either take Danish classes or wait for the podcast to come I'll in wait. English. Yeah. So we just we I think the question you were actually asking was we brewed it just in a shot in a coffee pot that's just real small. It was four cups. We didn't measure how much coffee and how much water. Uh -huh. We brewed it, put it in five cups, and tasted it. No, I was just thinking another thing I want to explain with I think I wrote it on to you on Facebook as well that when you with a with a lighter roast such much more lighter roast than you're used to then you have to use more coffee because the more you the longer you roast the coffee the more uh, degraded the coffee will becomes and the more solubles so a very dark roasted coffee he had more soluble particles I can step in there and like when I took that light roast that I talked to you about earlier into the shop and we served it, I made that pot. And the next day, the other person made it for us and we had it again. And I said, oh, it's two days off. I ground it all. Shame on me, but I did because I was taking the uh. work to the shop. There's no grinder. So I said, oh, there's a huge difference by that being a two-day-old grind. Yeah. And, and maybe a, and maybe you made the dosage different also the coffee to water uh, ratio. It was it was a hundred. That's why I brought it up because yeah. Steve said, "Well, I use a whole lot less coffee than you did because he makes it every day, and I put a whole lot more coffee in uh -huh. it." So then the third day 
we increased the amount of coffee that went in and we got more close we got a, clo- a lot lot closer to the first day's taste mm. than we had. Yeah. What you said I didn't realize but by you t- speaking to it again as using the light coffee you want to use more I appreciate that information. Oh cool. I think I've been thinking when you're roasting this twenty uh, five pounds coffee in your coffee roaster, um, the thing you did with the this trying the light roast that was just taking some out of the trial. You didn't take the whole twenty five pounds out, did you? That's correct. I didn't. Because then, if it was me, I would take at different. I would take at you know forty five seconds, one minute, one minute thirty, two minutes, and then you know if you take the um, samples out. Uh, along the way then you can test how the taste develops because it's not a, uh, just um, a linear thing um, like I explained in I think episode five when I wrote it's kind of like when it peaks then it's really good at 120 and then it gets boring at 140 or something um, it kinds of go up and down so to if you only have one bean then you can explore this bean where is it most interesting You see my point? Yes, I do. Very much so. Um, so, uh, oh, okay, I do understand. So you're saying pull the trier out and just do it and use it instead of, I've got not gotten the cupping, but I can, I know my taste through that shot of espresso straight up. Mm-hmm. So I would, that. so what you're telling me is, is pull enough out to do a shot and then taste each one of those through the different layers of the roast and then have that help me decide where I want my endpoint to be exactly roast that yes that does help me a lot and I didn't think to try that uh, to go that route but thank you for recognizing where I'm at in my knowledge and knowing that that would help me but maybe it's it's more safe to use it for filter coffee than for espresso because uh, espresso it's hard for the grinder because the grinder for espresso grinds so the coffee so fine um, light roasted beans are harder than dark roast so it's really tough job for the birds to uh, to grind the coffee so uh-huh. you have to have more powerful grinders so i would start out this doing doing filter coffee and then if if i drink milk in a light roast espresso then i uh, use it like one part espresso or one part milk i mean <laughs> the more milk you put in, the less you can taste. And e- even if um, for filter coffee, also here in Denmark, um, when I serve it to someone who doesn't know this light coffee, then they have a habit always using milk and maybe even sugar in the coffee. And it's very difficult uh, for them to let go of that. Uh, and sometimes I force them to taste it before they add the milk. And that it kind of disappears. The milk take away some of the interesting flavors. Um So that's also a different way of and and me myself before I started getting getting interested in coffee then I always was uh, I took my coffee with milk and sugar and now I prefer my coffee is so good that I don't need milk and sugar. Awesome. Um, but once in a while, I get into a cafe with a really bad extraction of some really old, uh, dark roasted coffee, and then I need yep. lots of milk and sugar because <laughs> otherwise, it to to take away the the bad taste. And that's what, I mean, the amount of cream that you described in your uh, uh, latte or cappuccino, I think that's what you, the mm. amount of... I think it's art. called a cortato, a cortato when it's uh, that, that little milk. We're, smell, we're selling small, medium, and large cups, and they're 12 ounces, 14 ounces, and 16 ounces. 
for people in the metric system. 12 ounces is 340 milliliters and 16 ounces is 450 milliliters. So we're putting 31, 32 grams of extracted espresso in it and then most of the time some other kind of syrup or they're adding sugar but then the milk that we're adding to it is topping off that we're going to we're filling those cups up to 12 to 12 14 or 16 ounces in mm-hmm. a small large coffee we're putting a ton of cream in that espresso yeah. and then you need to roast really dark if you have to if you want to taste the coffee at all because other way the taste is gone if you only use a, a light roast so i roast for me and then i roast for everybody else in the world Maybe you can make a corner with the with the Scandinavian light roast coffee on a on an old school coffee maker that's uh, just you know for the really curious of your customers. Yes. But you just have to prepare them first. Yes. So. Uh, mm. So you're still advising me to. And wh- are you going to call dark start a second crack or are you calling dark? Uh, uh, The, uh, after first crack ends. <clears throat> well, from my perspective, I will call it a medium roast when it stops between first and second crack, that pause there. And then from the beginning of second crack, I will call that dark. Yeah. I agree. Okay, I'm good with that. So, actually, not longer, that I should just do a medium roast and a dark roast and not have a, ro- a light roast on the shelf. Well, I guess you you can uh, slowly try out your... If it was me who had a cafe in uh, West Virginia where people are used to very, very dark roast, I think I would make it as a exotic thing for people to taste so people can just get free samples in small cups. Awesome, that's a great idea. Uh, can you, can that, how does that do in a Chemex? Oh, that's a good idea too. But um, yeah, I'm very. Uh, it's very interesting that you want to explore the the light roast and and well, but it also depends on the capacity of your coffee bar. If people, uh, if the 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 people working there can can do it too, but I would kind of make it as an exotic thing to begin with, and then see how people respond, and then uh, maybe you get a crowd who just loves it, and maybe it's nothing, and then it's only you will only take out samples for yourself to explore. And I agree. I understand that, and I will try that because it's an excellent way to do it. It's not when I'll do it is when I'm behind the bar. I don't get scheduled, but I, if they get a lot of times uh-huh. when they're, they're down one person, or we try to keep three yeah. or four down two people. I'll go stand, and then all I'll do is run the machine, and then I stand at the bar, and then I would be able to put it out there like that and expose it to some people just to get some more feedback on it. That yeah. would be it. Yeah, and just. Ask them if they're curious, because sometimes people are just, you know, they want their habit and nothing changed and all that. But, you know, there are are curious people out there. All these differences between light and dark roast. I have written them down in a post on my webpage, coffeenavigated.net. I did also try out the coffee style from James Simmons' daily life on the cafe. I tried roasting dark to the start of second crack, a Colombian bean. I so often hear people saying that they roast to that point and that it always tastes good. 
It sounds so much easier than my search for how to roast each bean in the light area. I tasted it after 9 to 10 days. It was okay. Not the bad taste that I often get in very dark roasted coffee. On the other hand, nothing that thrilled me. But espresso shots are so different, so I was still hoping to hit something better. When I brew it again three days later, something bad appeared in the taste. Not the first sip, but in the aftertaste. And the smell of the beans were not good. My best guess was that the coffee oils had gone rancid. This was almost two weeks after roast date. The beans had small dots of oil. When the oils has come out, they are more exposed to the oxygen in the air. And so they quicker go rancid than in lighter roasted coffee. I'm going to pay attention to this when I try very dark roast. The correlation between time from roast date and that aftertaste I really don't like. In this case, it seemed to appear after two weeks. But it doesn't need to be a general rule. If you explore it, please let me know what you find. I just have to emphasize, not everybody noticed this taste. For many people, this is not a problem. We all taste so different. It's so different what we like and what elements we notice in the taste. I won't tell anyone that their coffee is wrong. This podcast is about exploring coffee. That's it for now. You can find this podcast on my website, coffeenavigator.net slash podcast. Or you can subscribe to it on your smartphone in your podcast app. Search for Coffee Roasting Navigated. My name is Therese Brunstedt. Some people drink coffee to get through the day. Others get through the day to drink good coffee.